and welcome. You are listening to the Happier Life podcast. I'm your host, Claire Deacon. After deciding survival wasn't enough, I set out on a path to live my best life. I wanted to thrive. Now I'm on a mission to support others. Think you're not good enough, confident enough, brave enough. I'm here to tell you you are and you can achieve anything. This is your time. So let's do this. Hello, hello and welcome. Oh my, it has again been a busy week. Lots of discussions with some very fabulous people who are moving forward and taking action, getting ready to uh, up-level their lives. Their dreams are starting to become their reality and it's really amazing to see, especially when so many of us have experienced adversity and trauma. So congratulations to everyone who is showing up and taking those bold steps. Don't forget to celebrate those wins and the progress you have made. It is also, however, been a week of emotional turmoil for many. I've been speaking with a number of people who are truly struggling. The last few years have certainly been challenging for many and the economic uncertainty is causing stress and overwhelm. We have witnessed some significant and unprecedented times in recent years. And this is really genuinely taking its toll on people's mental health. People's resilience is being challenged. The uncertainty and change in people's living patterns has caused chaos for many. What would have been their coping mechanisms in the past are no longer available or simply not working anymore. There seems to be a lot more tension in the world. People are stressed and anxious, and this is coming out in their behaviours with others. So this week saw the mental health hitting the headlines with World Mental Health Day. The aim of the day is to try and normalise discussions around mental health and well-being and to remove the shame and stigma that exists around the topic. But clients still express to me how they prefer not to share with their friendship groups that they're seeing a therapist because of fear of judgment. And yet they also, at the same time, are recognising the importance of what they are doing and generally realise how many of their friends could benefit from seeing a therapist too. If this is you, consider whether that judgment is actually coming from them or whether it's a a judgment you're holding yourself accountable to because quite often these opinions we hold are, are not held in reality but it's part of our own hidden belief system so it's just something really for you to consider. So last weekend I actually spent a day in London in a room full of individuals who had themselves experienced adversity and I have to say it was an honour to be in their presence. These people whose lives had been dominated by adversity many of whom had been in narcissistic relationships. Showing up for them took a lot of courage and they weren't all able to to share, but being in the room was a brave and courageous thing to do. There were those, however, who were in the room who were able to truly express their vulnerabilities. It was fabulous to see how the room came together to hold space 
for each other. There was a great power in the sharing that took place. It enabled some to release emotions that they had held on to for years. But others, they are still holding on. But the experience of being shown it was safe to share will hopefully enable them to one day find the strength to let go and release those emotions that are holding them trapped. There was no judgment in that room. In fact, the willingness of people to acknowledge and share their own mental health was celebrated. So in recognition of World Mental Health Day and those who held a space of non-judgment, I wanted to explore the judgment there is around mental health today still. Firstly, I need to say there is no room for judgment when it comes to mental health. The importance of mental health is something I personally champion. From my own experience, I spent decades holding on to emotions, hiding from them, squashing them down and building layer upon layer of personality traits to distort from the true version of myself. I employed defence mechanisms that I thought were keeping me safe, but were really just keeping the damage on the inside until it had taken hold and would then result in me struggling to cope, retreating or displaying irrational behaviours, which then added to those feelings of not being good enough. I was aware I needed help, but it was never my priority. I would set out with all good intentions, especially round that new year, new me mantra. But nothing really changed because I wasn't committed to the action I needed to take. I wasn't willing to do the hard work. Whilst I continued to hide, I thought I was safe, that if I hid from the reality, then somehow it just wouldn't be true. I thought I was being strong for holding on. I thought that if I let go, everything would just crumble and I wouldn't be able to get back up again. The reality, of course, is that by letting go, the things that were not supporting me, the things that were doing the damage, were released and sent away, and the true me, all my positive traits, my strength, my true character, were able to breathe, they were able to grow. Interestingly, before my husband's sudden death, I had already reached out to the person who became my therapist, after attending a workshop she had been running on relaxation. But I wasn't really willing to follow it up with action. I made contact, but seemingly expected her to give me permission or in fact take control and tell me that I had to go into therapy. I just couldn't find the willingness or ability to raise my hand and say, I need help. When my husband passed away, I found myself in a very dark place and it wasn't the first time I had found myself there. Only this time, it wasn't just me I had to fight for. I had to do this for our children and I had to do it for Dave. In fact, hashtag doing it for Dave became the motto of a group of friends who undertook fundraising in Dave's memory, including walking a marathon across London. We wore our Superman t-shirts with pride with hashtag doing it for Dave emblazoned on our arms. It was empowering. It gave me a sense of strength that I couldn't find for myself. I gave myself permission to be vulnerable. After all, I felt I had very little left to lose. And if I didn't take action, what I did have could also be gone. It was okay for me to get the help too. 
Of course, I needed help after my husband had died. I had been given a ticket with widow written on it, so I had the permission slip. I had just cause to be needing support with my mental health. But the reality is you don't need that ticket. You don't need a permission slip. It's not selfish to want to feel great. You don't have to be a narcissist to prioritise yourself. After experiencing the release, transformation and growth from investing time, money and tears into my recovery, I cannot believe what utter madness it was to hold on to all of these things. Why had I spent so long carrying all those emotions and all that trauma around? It was completely counterproductive and counterintuitive. I had been using all my strength and energy to function, treating the symptoms, not the cause, until something finally took me to a place of feeling so broken that I had no choice but to seek help. How many of you consider your physical accomplishments as something to be proud of? How many of you speak openly about your gym membership, how you'd love to have a personal trainer, or perhaps you already do? You embark on a couch to 5k, a park run, a marathon, complete the three peaks, do a yoga class, play in a five-a-side. You celebrate your achievement of these challenges. You even promote them on social media. I saw so many posts a couple of weekends ago of people who had completed the London Marathon. But the reality is so many more people fought to overcome and face a fear in the last five minutes than ran a marathon. Where are all of those celebrations? Don't get me wrong, they're all things to be celebrated. I'm not questioning what it means to achieve these things. Think of how you feel, though, when someone says to you they've got to go for a run tonight or they're off to the gym. How do you judge them for that? How does it make you feel? Do you feel sorry for them? Think, oh dear, poor thing, needs to exercise. Perhaps you do. I think you'd find yourself in the minority of people if that's the case, though, as the majority of people are actually saying something like, wow, that's impressive. I wish I could be so motivated or, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Now think of how you feel when someone says, I'm going to see my counsellor or therapist this afternoon. I've not been feeling too good and I need some help. Do you feel the same level of positivity and energy? Do you marvel in their strength, their motivation, envy that they are taking big, bold action? I'm sure you support them. If you don't, well, to be honest, you probably are someone in more need of psychological support than you are aware. Maybe you are one of the very few people who can honestly say there is no negativity around people working on their psychological well-being and you would consider yourself an advocate for mental health. If this is the case, I celebrate you. But unfortunately, you are still in a minority. If we truly want to change how people perceive mental health and investment in our psychological well-being, we all have a responsibility to change our perceptions and what it means to be undertaking the work to exercise our minds. We need to replace those feelings of not being good enough, feelings of shame and vulnerability with feelings of pride, empowerment, of drive and motivation to be happier, to be bold and brave and strong. So if you feel brave enough and safe enough, 
perhaps you can take a moment to hit your social media with a post that says how important it is to work on your own well-being and share how you look after your own mental health. What do you do in terms of your own self-care? If you do this, if you tag me in your post, send me a DM and I will happily send you something free that will support you on your journey. In the most desperate circumstances, it may just make the difference for an individual in taking a step towards seeking help rather than feeling they have no other choice but to leave this world behind. And if that isn't enough to convince you, consider this. There isn't a top athlete that doesn't have a psychologist that they work with continuously. Without undertaking that work, without investing their time and money into their mental health, they would not be able to reach their physical goals. Attitude, mindset and mental well-being are a fundamental part of the mind-body system. If either are not fully fit, it is impossible to reach that number one position. Each time a record is broken, humanity believes in its ability to go further. And over time, and with a lot of work, both psychological and physical, we go that little bit further. We only need to think of the impact it had when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. Working on your mental health isn't only useful when you are in a state of stress, when you have hit a block or you're in crisis. It enables us to improve our well-being so we can live happier, more fulfilling lives. It enables us to grow and to reach our potential. It equips us with resilience and a mental health toolbox to support us when adversity inevitably comes into our lives. Fundamental to being able to support my clients in the best possible way, I continue to explore new techniques and keep up with the latest scientific evidence to understand how best I can support my clients. But I also continue to invest in my personal well-being. Just because I've done the training, got the qualifications, it doesn't mean I live in a bubble and can come to no harm. I still have to exercise my mental health on a daily basis. I prioritise my self-care because I know that if I do not continue to service my mind, it will inevitably struggle and I won't be able to perform as my best self. Just as I water the plants in my house and have my car and boiler serviced, I have to ensure the smooth running of my mind. Hopefully this episode has convinced you of the importance of mental health and incorporating self-care into your daily life along with perhaps a mindset shift to consider mental health as a positive act of strength and empowerment. Remember, our mental health and well-being is not just something to highlight on one day of the year. It is a daily practice. Ensuring our mind and body is ready and able not only to function, but to thrive. So here are some top tips for integrating self-care into your daily regime. Firstly, it's important to embark on some positive habits and routines. Eating healthily, drinking plenty of water enables your body to process the neurochemicals that flood our body from all the hard work our brains undertake. Sleep is also a priority when considering our mental health. Ensure you have a positive sleep environment and that you have sufficient uninterrupted sleep. 
not always as easy as it sounds. Take time to relax your body and mind, whether that's meditation or listening to some music. Being mindful has a significant impact on our well-being. Practice gratitude. Take time to notice the positive things in life. Appreciate all the things you have around you. Don't forget to celebrate yourself, all you have achieved and all you have overcome. It's also important to set yourself some goals, thinking about what you envision for your future. Daily journaling can also support you to process your thoughts and emotions. It can support you in releasing overwhelm and in the identification of self-limiting beliefs. If you are feeling stuck and unmotivated, start to journal and see where it takes you. It provides a safe space for you to acknowledge your feelings and to feel heard without judgment. If you are looking for some support with your own mental health, reach out. Email me, claire at happiercoach.com or DM me at happiercoach. If you check out my website, www.happiercoach.com, you can find free resources to support you on your journey or DM me the word self-care and I will send you a checklist of ideas to help you practice self-care on a daily basis. Thank you for listening and don't forget to tag me in your mental health post and if you know someone who is working on themselves, make sure you celebrate them in a way that is supportive to them. If you've enjoyed this episode, ensure you hit subscribe, head on over to my website happiercoach.com Sign up for the weekly newsletter and let me support you in living a happier life. I'm your host, Claire Deacon. Thank you for listening. Have a fabulous day.